How are you doing there? It is David from the David McWilliams podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. We're all following the government's advice right now. We're staying in. It's a little bit cocooning, but it's all working. So while you're staying at home, here's a recommendation of another great podcast. It's the Blind Boy podcast. He's an old mate. He's a great skin. He has extraordinarily interesting views of the world. Check it out. Welcome to the Mirror Football World Cup daily podcast in association, of course, with Betbright. I'm back again. I'm Martin Dom, and joined today by my two stellar guests, Jack Rathborn and Thomas Bristow. We have to start, of course, with Germany, who for a long spell tonight looked like they might be heading out of the World Cup. Then it looked like they might be have one foot in it. Now, Jack, actually, 2-1 win over Sweden. They're all but in the last 16. Yeah, absolutely incredible drama tonight. Germany, perhaps pulling off a, a minor miracle, really, to stay in the tournament. Uh, the winner from Tony Cruz, superb. The way he shifted the angle with the free kick with Royce and just popped it in the top corner. Showed showed their class, really, to turn it around in the second half. And um, Mario Gomez was the substitution, which really uh, sparked the, the comeback, I think. Um, they moved Werner to the left. Um, Kimmich had lots of room down the right, just bombarded Sweden's box and... I mean, we're going to talk about a villain. Maybe John Gudetti will have, be, have oh, more I'm nightmares. I'm furious. <laughs> yeah, he Go should. On, well, he should have taken it into the corner flag, didn't he? But mm-hmm. he, he shot late on. I, I, I just, I can't, I can't understand what was mm-hmm. going through his head. It just, I was so frustrated. I mean, not not because I'm anti-German or anything like this. Just because yeah. I, as from a footballing perspective, it was very simple. Just take it into the corner. And win it for your team, but it seemed so selfish of him to to, to try and shoot. And then ultimately, Germany mm. had the the ball back in possession, and what what happened? They scored. I mean, they they overcame Boateng's stupidity as well. They were much better mm. down to ten men. So I mean, plenty to talk about. But ultimately, world champions still in the in the tournament. Absolutely, of course. Mexico's win over South Korea earlier in the day puts them or put them in pole position. Mm-hmm. But Jack, you've had the calculator out. Mm-hmm. And we could be left with a very intriguing situation after the final group game. Absolutely. I think the the very simple matter for Germany is that if they win against South Korea, they are highly, highly likely to be in the next next round. Um, I mean, yeah, we are going to need our calculators out in this circumstance. If Germany beat Korea by one goal and then Sweden beat Mexico by a goal, then they're all going to end up on plus one goal difference, which would be a bit of a mind-boggler but then it will will go down to goals scored and perhaps we might even need to draw lots but ultimately yeah if Germany can make sure they win by a couple then they're going to be plain sailing Um, and as far as Mexico are concerned I mean they would have thought two wins from two they they are guaranteed but at least Sweden can pick themselves up now and know that a win against Mexico might be enough for themselves so it is really going to be a dramatic final round of group, group Absolutely. games the last yeah. thing we want is, is, a, is dead rubbers mm-hmm. across the board on the final day Tom a feature of this this competition has been the big teams not necessarily firing on all cylinders obviously we've seen Argentina Brazil sort of clicking into gear now but little debate do you want to see let's say we get to the last eight the quarterfinals do you want the eight biggest teams you know, facing off against each other to, to determine who is in theory the best in the world or do you want a couple of surprise packages to maybe get at least to the semis or maybe even all the way uh, as an England fan or as a <laughs> no I'm joking um, 
let's yeah take let me let me take my England cap off for a start. It's uh of course you want the biggest teams on in there, don't you? You want the stars. That's that's what it's all about. You want the Neymars. You want the Tony Cruises. You want the big names up there, um, heading towards it. You want the Lionel Messi's for goodness sake. But you know Argentina could well crash out of the group stage. Um, <clears throat> however, having said that, you know we saw what Wales did in the Euros and and, and Iceland for that matter too. And I thought that was brilliant. That and that's what it's about, isn't it? It's a country's rallying together, and that's the whole point of the tournament: is countries isn't it? and nations, and being proud of who they represent. And that was very clear with Iceland and Wales last uh, two years ago. So that I think I think it needs a bit of both. Yeah, definitely. Um, however, as an, as an England fan, naturally you would like the easiest route possible to the final on the way to winning it. Um, does it feel like you sort of cheated by beating the easier teams? Not if you go and win the competition, because that's all everybody will ever remember. So yeah. let's just touch on Mexico, Jack. Mm-hmm. You know, two performances of the of, you know high quality, two victories. Easy to say they've sort of crept under the radar, but is mm-hmm. that being unfair? No, I think that's that's perfectly fair. They um, a year ago they were a bit of a shambles, and um, they were embarrassed by Germany a, a year ago. Obviously, turned that on its head uh, and beat them in the opener, and then they they backed it up against Korea today. And I think um, they've got a bit of star power um, in terms of uh, Chucky Lozano out out wide. He supports uh, Carlos Vela and Chicharito Hernandez really nicely. So they've got players that can really hurt opposition in the final third but they've also got that organisation and um, I think they, they're our team to be reckoned with and certainly as group winners couldn't ask for a better run potentially through to the semi-final I mean we'll, we'll talk about England and Belgium who's going to finish first and second in that group um, provided it is England as the runner-up then um, they might face Mexico in the quarter-final and then both sides could not dream of a sort of a, a better opportunity in the quarterfinal to, to reach that semi and then who knows what could happen. So yeah, they're, they're, a, they're a dark horse who are going to be a dangerous team for anyone now. So let's just, you know, put it on the line of that group. Who goes through, who finish, who wins the group and who comes second? Well, I, I think Germany will go through now. They, they're going to... They're going to use that as a springboard, aren't they? I think, yeah. Exactly. And I think they've got, they've got it in them to win by a couple. So their goal difference is not going to be an issue. And then... Mexico, I just think they've got a few too many, a few more goals in them than Sweden, and uh, I think they'll at least get the the point they need to top the group, which would ultimately leave us with a, a really juicy last sixteen clash between Germany and Brazil. I think that last goal really hurt Sweden, mm-hmm. and it, it's going to be a big task for them to pick themselves up, especially when Mexico won two on the bounce already. Um, so yeah, for me, Germany and Mexico, uh, Mexico to top. Well, you heard it here first or maybe second, who knows. <laughs> the first game yesterday, of course, was Belgium against Tunisia. England, of course, struggled so badly in their opening game against Tunisia, needing a last-minute goal from Harry Kane. Like, I'm sticking with that with that uh, narrative. But Belgium had no trouble at all. 5-2 in the end, Lukaku, mm. another two goals. Really hit the ground running, particularly after a bad season with Manchester. Or not a bad season, but maybe a, an indifferent season with Manchester United. Impressed with them again. I mean, it was Tunisia. They've beaten Panama. Let's not get too excited. But they are doing what they need to do at this stage. Yeah, I mean, the way they cut open Tunisia's defence was very impressive. Um, But we must not forget that Tunisia needed to actually win that game. Against England, they would have been very happy taking a draw. So they sat back. So they went out and attacked and went at Belgium. And we we saw that by them scoring two goals, obviously. Um, But that sort of attacking uh, display that they put in obviously led them to leaking goals. Um, and and they were punished by an, an incredible uh, Belgium uh, attacking lineup, and 
let's not take anything away from Belgium. Lukaku's uh, finishes were sublime and Hazard's performance and finishes were also sublime. Um, so over the two games, they, they've really they've really impressed me. I thought, I didn't think they'd be as good as they have been, personally. Let's be honest, England, and we'll obviously come to them in a moment, will beat Panama. You know, let's not, mm-hmm. let's not pretend. So Thursday's game on one hand could be, you know, a, a really good... Idea, we could get a good idea of both teams and how good they are and it could be a, a thriller on the other hand if neither team is particularly fussy about topping the group and Roberto Martins has already said he's going to rest some players it may just be a bit of a damp square but Jack can Belgium deliver against the, the better teams? Well we're going to find out against England who certainly no matter their ability to flatter to deceive they are one of the favourites and should Belgium especially with a a much rotated side should they dispatch England then that really would be a, a statement the likes of Batshuayi and Dembele coming in I mean these are mm. these are top players in their own right so they're going to have a point to prove um, and I think Martinez is right to uh, see what he's got because as we've already said top or second it doesn't really matter um, from that group due to Germany's um, sort of slip up that's going to present a really tough opponent down the line for the winner of this group should Germany obviously advance. I think um, Belgium really are enjoying the the extra dimension that Dries Mertens offers them. I think Kevin De Bruyne in a slightly different, deeper role, shall we say, than his Manchester City um, performances usually show. It just gives them that extra man that should you double team Eden Hazard or Romelu Lukaku, then they've they also got the, the Napoli man to sort of cutting edge up top. So um, I think Belgium really are going to show that they're the real deal now and it's it's their time they've got game winners they've got proper defenders um just the only doubt for me is maybe in the centre midfield um Axel Witzel I'm not sure is the is the perfect man to sort of string things along alongside um Kevin De Bruyne Mm. but um other than that they're, they're a really impressive unit and they've got some depth there as well which um I'm I'm sure will help them along the way yeah well that is for next Thursday of course Today, England do take on Panama. England with Bet Bright nine to two on to uh, to win that one. The draw is five to one. Panama sixteen to one. If you fancy the minerals, and of course the Bet Bright bundle, England to win, to win t- more than ten corners, and for Jesse Lingard to score is available at three to one. If you fancy that one, now unless you've been living under a rock, you will know that it's the media's fault if England don't win. Of course, because. We uh, printed pictures of the alleged leaked team. Sorry. <laughs> not sorry. Not sorry. Ahead of the second game. We're not going to dwell on that because I think it's been debated uh, far too much as it is. But those pictures did indicate that Raheem Sterling would be dropped. Gareth Southgate said that's not necessarily going to be the case. But should the Manchester City forward, who does have a habit of missing easy chances, be left on the bench? Jack. As far as I'm aware, absolutely not. I think uh, other than Harry Kane, he's England's match winner, I think. He's he's shown for City that he can be the spark to, to implement that, that game plan. Buzzing around in the uh, the mid- central areas of the pitch, I'd really like to see him continue that number 10 role. He can obviously play out wide too. I think he just needs a bit of confidence and if you drop him for the, the game against Panama, which could be a golden opportunity mm. to to fill his boots as such, then I think you, you missed an opportunity there. I think Sterling, at his best, in his Manchester City form, gives England the best chance to go on and win this World Cup. If you drop him, 
I think you're just confusing a little bit too much. Um, you need that continuity, and um, I think you can only get that by playing him again. And I think ultimately Gareth Southgate needs to to, to back his man. Mm. Tom, would you give someone else a chance? Maybe Marcus Rashford. Uh, I think that's the obvious name, isn't it, to come in? Um, and I, I know some of the, the reporters used quite a good word in unleashing him uh, against Panama. I mean, it would be the perfect game to do so. A uh, weaker opponent, he could well score kickstart um, what could be an amazing World Cup for him it's hard because I it's really it's really a tough choice it really is because okay Sterling may not have had the greatest of games I think he played that badly against Tunisia um, and the quality that he's had over the, uh, the last season has just been unreal I can't I don't think he should be dropped because I think if he did that it would be more damaging in the long run I think to bench Marcus Rashford again wouldn't be as damaging, if that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> and you know what? If Sterling goes and scores, then everyone shuts up. So uh, for me, I'm, I'm with I'm with Jack on this one. I think Sterling should start. And then you know what? If it, if it, if it happens again, you know, fingers crossed, England will be through, and then and then Rashford can play in, uh, against Belgium when it's not as such a risky swap. Not that I think it's totally risky anyway. Mm. Perhaps part of the reason for this furore over the, the team sheet the leaked team sheet is that it's not there's not really a lot else to talk about I mean with all due respect to Panama they lost 3-0 to Belgium no one is expecting them to put up much of a fight in this game is that part of the problem is it actually how do you say it how can Gareth Southgate realistically turn around I mean okay you can say we're going to respect them blah blah etc as you have to do there's no easy games at World Cup rule out the cliches but it's almost better to deflect the attention away from from England's from really what should be three, four, five nil if they want. Yeah, I think in terms of the the game against um, Tunisia, I mean, fantastic to to get the three points, but it was a really concerning um, finishing display. Harry Kane aside, so the fact that this sort of this story has developed has has provided a bit of a smokescreen to move away from like micro analysing um, England's ability to put chances away, which ultimately will cost them against the better sides um it's a bit of a trend now with um Southgate's side in the last sort of half a dozen games we've really struggled to score goals and while I think most most people are positive about Southgate's um, influence and it's a growing influence that is a, a trend which does need to buck especially against sides like Panama if you can't score goals against sides like that then you are going to be in big trouble I think Going back to the Sterling point, if he does start, then perhaps that story can be completely wiped from our conscience. But that's true. Uh, it wasn't ultimately the team, and um, we're going to have to rely on um, Sterling to put in a performance. But <laughs> that aside, I think um, we can all move on once once England fulfil their their obligation to mm. win, obviously, but win well. And I think they do need to do that, and I think they will. Tom, putting your England hat back on, victory. Today, obviously, will qual- uh, guarantee qualification. Difficult, perhaps, to gauge where the team is at until they've played Belgium, maybe. But let's assume six points and a hatful of goals. You'd be quite happy with the start. Uh, yeah, uh, I would be. I think um, against Tunisia, the first forty-five minutes was some of the best England football I think I've ever seen us play. Um, the finishing was abysmal. There's no, there's no getting away from that. But arguably, should have been four 0 up at half time. I mean, comfortably. Up at half time, I think what happened there on out was we got a little nervous. Um, obviously, the equaliser came, and then the old sort of jittering fears came back in. You know, oh, it's going to be a draw against Tunisia. It's the same old England and that sort of cliche. I think Harry Kane's goal 
did more than just give three points. I think it, it completely took the pressure off the Panama match. Obviously, there will be pressure to win, but it's a different sort of pressure. Had England drawn, this would have had to be a must, a must, must win. Now it's just, well, we need to win. And I think that sort of freedom uh, to play against Panama will, will really help. And if we go out and score three goals, I think it'll be a terrific start to the World Cup. We're, that, that means we're through to the last 16. Um, I think... I mean, what would be okay is, is maybe a draw against Belgium so we haven't lost and then we're second in the group and then we've probably got an easier route to the last 16. Yeah. Um, but, you know, one as, as as I'm sure Gareth Southgate would say, one step at a time, let's just beat Panama first and then and then go from there. That does sound like something he would say. So let's assume you both think England are going to win. Let's have a score prediction. I think England are going to win... I think it'll be 4-1. I think you think they'll concede? Yeah, I can <laughs> Even see. Even I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I can see maybe a, a lapse in concentration as such and maybe shipping one, but I think England have got it in them to, to get four. Yeah, I'm going to go for a, a solid 3-0. That makes more sense. Of course, <laughs> England, should they get their, their last 16 opponent, will come from a group with Japan, Senegal, Poland and Colombia. And those four teams make up the other two games later today. Japan 5-2 with Betbright to beat Senegal. The draw is 11-5. Senegal 5-4. Tight one there. It really is a group, Jack, where anything can happen. And, you know, trying to guess who England could play is maybe a bit too premature. Yeah, I think it ultimately the um, the underdogs as such in the group at the moment have got a great opportunity to go and get themselves on the board. I think... Japan and uh, Senegal obviously facing off against each other so neither side is going to be on maximum points mm-hmm. and Colombia who would have been the favourites I'm sure for most people heading into this um, this group they they obviously I mean Carlos Sanchez getting sent off was it was the worst possible start but oh, the the weather and the the playing against 11 men with, with 10 it proved decisive but the the immediate reaction was really impressive James Rodriguez came on in the second half he's a, he's a game winner so now he's a bit fitter he's going to start Colombia have got it in them now to to react and still qualify so it's up in the I mean Senegal they impressed Japan did what they had to do against a, a side with only 10 men and don't rule out Poland either. I think they've got obviously Robert Lewandowski, but I think they've got the most to prove because they were they were really drab in their mm. their loss to Senegal. Uh, so really need to expect something from from Poland. Mm. So Betbright have priced up Colombia at five to four favourites. The draw twelve to five. Poland twenty three to ten. I would argue, Tom, that whoever finishes first or second in that group, and however Belgium and England finish up in their group. You wouldn't fear any of those four teams, would you? Colombia, obviously dangerous, but didn't, you know, they weren't sparkling in their opening game, 10 men or not. Uh, no, I'd agree with you. I, I mean, looking at the draw pre-competition, I would have said Colombia would have topped that group with, with, with an ease. Um, and they would have been England's, should England play them, uh, biggest threat. Um, but you're right, they, 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 didn't, they didn't show much life. Uh, and uh, as a result... I, I think you're right. I don't think any of them should be feared uh, of, uh, of those four. On that note, we have to leave it for today. We will, of course, be back tomorrow with all the reaction to England's game against Panama. And you can obviously join us there. This was the Mirror Football World Cup daily podcast in association with Beth Betbright. Thank you for listening.
Hi, it's Finn Dwyer from the Irish History Podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. Please, please, please follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. While you're staying at home, I would recommend another great show that's worth checking out. It's Unexplained by Richard McLean Smith. It's a beautifully produced and gripping show that looks at unusual and sometimes unnerving occurrences from the past and present. It's perfect escapism. Check out Unexplained on the Acast app or wherever you get podcasts.